0: Mr. Mojo Rising Got to keep on rising Rising, rising Hello and welcome to uh, The first episode of Movie Reviews Rising And I'm your host, Cecil Hands And I'm a long time film student and horror fan. horror fans really what started me watching movies. and I felt like everyone else has a podcast, so I might as well make one for the one person that might want to listen to a podcast about my ramblings. So this is gonna be crouched in film history because I have such an appreciation for film history. I did actually attend film school, and before then, I watched a ton of movies, and in film school, you watch a ton of movies, and then basically, after film school, you keep watching just movies all the time, so I'm going to keep that up, and want to recap Halloween, I wanted to watch something with Romero in mind, and Hooper, since they passed, and are greatly missed, I watched Life Force for the first time, which I'm not even going to talk about in this episode because I don't even know what to think of it. It was great in a way because it was very dense and much more than I expected. I expected Life Force was going to just take sh- place on this one ship and not much was going to go on. It was going to be a cheap canon movie. And it is, but it's it's not just that. It's not even on the one ship like I thought it was going to be. And Yeah, so... I have to look at Life Force again. But I did watch The Dark Half, because it was a Stephen King movie that I always wanted to like more. I kind of read the book. I can't remember if I finished it. It was just confusing. And uh, it gets talked about a lot in comparison to, like, the Dead Zone. And Everybody's like, you know, Dead Zone. Dead Zone has its appeal. And I understand Dead Zone's appeal. Even though I read the book and I was like, wow, this is boring growing up. Same with Dark Half, but I never understood, even you know my memory, what was even supposed to be, you know really scary about the Dark Half. I couldn't really remember, and it doesn't have Christopher Walken in it, so I hadn't revisited it earlier. It has Timothy Hutton in it, and it is like Secret Window, and it's like Fight Club, that old hook, where everybody seems to have that idea. In college, whether you're in film class or writing class, you know, like at the end of the story, the killer who was chasing the protagonist is the protagonist and all that kind of thing. And of course, famously, Stephen King has his pseudonym, Richard Bachman, who just consistently wrote better books than Stephen King. And uh, Stephen King was jealous of Richard Bachman, had to kill Richard Bachman because he was so good at writing. And that's what this book is about. And that's what this movie is about, which is interesting. So, the dark half. It is a Romero movie, too. Uh, it's about a writer who's schizophrenic. His alter ego wants to take over. He tried to kill his alter ego. He cannot be killed. Michael Brookers in this is a sheriff. And It's pretty cool. Um, but anyway, I was trying to find the main character's name is Thad Beaumont. He's the writer, like Thad Beaumont, and uh, his pseudonym is George Stark. So the fact that George Stark is named George is cool with the Romero connection because it's like George doesn't want to be dead right now, okay? You know, and uh, he's pissed, and and he has he's southern and he's different than the main character. So there's just Jackal and Hyde thing. And then there's the line, you know, the sparrows are flying again, which uh, in mythology, I guess, the sparrows convey, you know, spirits from the after afterlife to the world and all that, uh, back and forth. In this case, because George Stark is back, right? Um, I didn't like this movie. I mean, it's, it's like a TV movie. I didn't like to say it was perfect. I wouldn't say it's perfect. But that you gotta go check it out. But, uh, It's in the Romero canon. It's in the King canon. It's a good mix of both of their styles, again. Not as perfect as Creepshow. But, a uh, few things are. Alright musically they they do a lot with Are You Alone Tonight with Elvis in the Dark Half. they do a lot with that uh, i'm going to give i'm going to get be rating films like i said with like film history theme in mind so i'm going to give everything charlie chaplins so i'm going to give this two charlie chaplins out of 5 and uh, visually i give this movie a 5 it's a tv looking movie and then audio wise we're going to give it a 6 because it's got Elvis Uh, let me see yeah it's the idea you had in in college about you know oh I'm chasing a killer who's the killer? the killer is me and they did the uh, Argento movie like that anyway the Argento movie is like cooler for sure Unsane, I think Tenebra, Tenebra, I don't know how to say it, right. The second movie I wanted to talk about is because it keeps coming up all the time is The Craft. And I wanted to put this episode out there specifically so you go, oh, a horror movie show. Aborted the Craft, well, let me know what is this person's opinion on The Craft. So now you guys know my official, the official statement on the craft from the show. Because it's important, because I like cool witch movies. This is going to come up, hopefully, over and over again. Because these movies keep happening. These great witch movies, like Neon Demon or The Witch. (laughs) So, this movie, everyone compares to Clueless and The Lost Boys. I thought I was unique in saying that it's the Lost Boys for women. But it, it, here it is. It's Wiccan Lost Boys. It's L.A. It's living in L.A. They go to the beach. They do the beach the beach and the fire and all this stuff. It's like, okay, well, this is this what it's like to hang out in L.A., essentially. Which is cool. But I mean, this movie just gets brought up sometimes and I'm just like, how good is it? You know, plot-wise, it's not that... It's not that great. Um, It really should be a TV show now on the WB. And I'm not the only one who thinks this. Because the actress I was reading about, (laughs) Rachel True, who played Rochelle. She's like, Charmed is a ripoff of The Craft. So it clearly is. They use the same song from it, too. They'll sing to the soundtrack. Because the soundtrack is one of the greater things about the movie. Peter Gabriel on here, poured his head, Susie the Banshees, some good covers. Uh the soundtrack was good. And the visually this movie's cool because it looks like Goth Clues. It is looks like Witches Lost Boys. Which is pretty cool. Ferrose Balk. Good. Nev Campbell, good. Robin Tunney, good. The actress you know, yeah, the actor actresses, actors, female actors in this film. Destroy. They're, you know, they need more. There should have been, I don't know. As soon as you, as soon as you look at a movie like this and you go, there should have been a sequel. Then you realize there are, and there's like five of them and they're, and they're terrible. Like which board or whatever these other movies are. This I'm looking, I don't see other craft movies. There's no other, the craft movies. And we have charm. Do we have like, Three other shows like this nowadays. This movie was okay. Um, it's not. It's not that great. Uh, there's just other ways to pass the time that, that uh, you can do better. Of course, I got to bring up Heather's now because Heather's is the one that you spend time with. That you tell, hey, this is a movie you should see. Heather's, it's a great movie. <sighs> Goth clueless. I don't know. But it does remind me of another movie That that I'm a fan of A made for TV film Called The Brotherhood of Justice With Keanu Reeves And Kiefer Sutherland It's just a gang Crap 80's Piece of shit movie but um It is funny It's funnier than this movie This movie's like (laughs) You know uh, A little too on the nose I guess And uh yeah, there there is a good fifty minutes of nothing happening and no action, in the craft. You know, they float their friend up with their hands. You know, that's the one effect shot you get for forty five minutes to be like, okay, that's a witch movie, cool. And then uh, yeah, just kinda have some conf- conflict, you know, before you know the hour mark. It's nice. Uh, I would give the movie, two Charlie Chaplins out of 5, visually 7 audio 7 so that's The Craft I want to talk about another dark high school movie this is one called Super Dark Times Super Dark Times is 2017 film just so you know I've gone now from the dark half, to the craft, to super dark times. It's from the to the modern era, to this year. Uh, The synopsis is, teenagers, Zach and Josh, have been best friends their whole lives, but when a gruesome accident leads to a cover-up, the secret drives a wedge between them and propels them down a rabbit hole of escalating paranoia and violence. It's directed by Kevin Phillips, written by Ben Collins and Luke Petrowski. Starring Owen Campbell, Charlie Tahan, and Elizabeth Cappuccino. Uh, Super Dark Times is set in the 90s and has a really great look to it. It has a really good autumn, earth, lots of earth tones, atmosphere. It has a surprisingly super good soundtrack. It's got The Wire, Juno Reactor, Bad Religion, Black Flag, ComSat Angels, primitive radio gods, PM on <laughs> Bitch magnet. Okay? I said it. That's what the soundtrack has. It's really good. And they choreograph stuff, too, to the soundtrack. It's not just like they use the soundtrack. It's like a part of the movie. And so it's part of the look. It was really strong that way. As the movie is like not based on an exact true story, it's, it's based on true-ish stories, it's based on those problematic kids in school who could do something extremely violent, and it makes you think about all those situations, you know, even the movie like Elephant that dealt with that, uh, and other movies, um, yeah, this one, Of course, there's two leads. One's playing the more eccentric, more prone to violent character. And I think he gets to steal the show. He's done really well. Um, The main character, Zach, is played by... uh, Owen Campbell. I didn't think he was as good. Because he was a little... uh, He reminded me of a young Edward Norton. Speaking of the Fight Club comparison, is like he was in Fight Club. Yeah, I just was, I got this. you know, Edward Norton doesn't really work for me all the time because he feels like an actor. He's just acting his face off. But yeah, that was the problem with this because a lot of this movie leans on that lead being like, this situation's wrong, you know. It's all dawning on me slowly, like this isn't right, you guys, because there's been an accident And uh, that's a lot to do and they don't explore much of the what's wrong with the person being who who has the problems you know the violence in him what's what's really going on there Um, and there's a heavy reliance on dreams so there's a structure in the movie where it's like okay here's another cool cool quote scene where you know images symbols from the movie are are cool are, are you know atmospherically presented but it's like story-wise it's like why do we need three dream sequences Why do we mean dream sequence after dream sequence and they're but they become predictable and then there's a little bit of mixing of reality and dream which is like okay just a little bit you know on the nose when it happens it's very on the nose And when it wants to be real, it's real. So, um, it's a cool movie. I would say check it out. Super Dark Times. I'm going to give it three Charlie Chaplins out of five. Uh, visually eight and a half. Audio-wise, eight. Okay, so then... I'm going to start talking about these movies based on Jewish events still. I think it's interesting when people are like... I don't watch like when people they don't like they seriously say they don't like fiction I mean that sounds like such a funny thing to me just saying that alone like I don't like fiction is like what are you a character in a book about how books are bad like fiction is a genre and are we really still having this Old conversation about like non fiction books versus fiction. Like, I read non fiction books, but I don't read that. Like, them books about dragons, it's like I get that, but you don't have just because it's fiction doesn't mean it's necessarily about you know, it's a fantasy for kids, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's what every book is that's fiction. You know, there's uh fiction and of course science fiction which uses heavy doses of nonfiction, Historical fiction too, really good historical fiction has to be grounded in fact, generally. I mean, the really good ones that I've read, anyway. So... There's just, you know, documentary binge-watchers, and I get that, but you don't have to dismiss all of, you know, storytelling in general, because you like a documentary. And you especially like the way that these new modern documentaries just pop up all the time. And are about, you know, subject matter that looks obviously more relevant than Doctor Strange. And that's cool. I don't think it, they're at war. <laughs> uh, so, the next movie is Christine... From 2016, I've been wanting to get to this. It's about Christine Chubbuck, Chubbuck, who was a Florida anchorwoman who shot herself on air. Yeah, it's a movie about depression for sure. People have pointed that out. It's very well written. It's extremely well performed. She's just, the actress is given like a Shelley Duvall. To me, a really if it was a stronger, more fucked up even Shelley Duvall, meaner. Um at times, to herself even, in this movie. She is an anti-protagonist. It's, you can't, she's repellent. Uh, And you want to kind of root for her, but you just, she won't let you. And it's very interesting, movie-like, because of that. Um, There's these great scenes where she's at a puppet show talking to herself, bizarrely working out the kinks in front of people with puppets. Um, there's a really good sense of the 70s put to use here. There's the great music, the soundtrack. Uh, take a look. They've got a really good soundtrack. <laughs> Bobby Sherman, John Denver, uh, Sonny and Cher, Olivia Newton-John, Guess Who, Tommy James. So... Visually, this movie looks like network, kinda, small-time network. Uh, It feels like that. It also feels like any news, sitcom, team. And you kinda want it to be this funny, light movie, because it has such a strong central lead. But, Christine, in the true story, doesn't end well. And it the movie is hard to watch uh at times because it's you know where it's going and you start looking at the movie and you're like oh (laughs) it's just tragic it was extremely well written super good dialogue really good performances by michael c hall's in this and i just want to make sure i get the lead actress's name right She did great Rebecca Hall was, you know because Michael C Hall's in this and she's Rebecca Hall. I don't think it's re- they're related but uh, Rebecca Hall really <laughs> became this woman and it must have been rough. Tracy Lutz is in this movie. Uh, the writer, playwright Tracy Lutz, who wrote Bug and Killer Joe, and he plays like the station chief. Guy, and he does a really good job the cast is pretty cool and there's a Robert Altman-esque kind of look to this movie too and vibe some of the shots have a very Robert Altman look and I wanted to point out for those who would care Carnival Souls is on playing on the TV in one of the scenes uh, aside from that though I would say this movie is a good recommend I give it 3 Charlie Chaplins out of 5 Visually, seven. It's a bit static. It looks like TV. It's one of those movies that emulates a lot of TV situations, so it's just got a minus there. Uh, but that's the show. And then a audio. Uh, I give it a seven and a half um, for that soundtrack. Fantastic soundtrack. And the last movie that I'm going to review. Is the Hounds of Love from 2016 it's saying I saw it this year but anyway the I thought Hounds of Love was gonna be based on a specific true story it's a I guess Australian film uh, crime abduction horror and it is brutal it makes you feel you know it's really pushes buttons I want to warn people about Hounds of Love that if You know, you can't handle dog violence. Don't watch this movie. And uh, that is the worst. One of the worst aspects to this movie is that it's just about people inflicting trauma in traumatic situations. And uh, of all the movies in this that I'm reviewing tonight, this is the one I think is slightly better than the rest. It has just a standout use of music. And the performances, you get everything. Christine kind of is a solo figure, and she has to contain that whole movie. In this movie, you really get the ensemble and how the three leads perform together and do make a really nice whole. So I really did appreciate Hounds of Love, it's very brutal, and uh, I would give it four out of five Charlie Chaplin's. I'm going to say visually it's at an eight, and audio it's an eight and a half. And now that I've talked about Super Dark Times and Hounds of Love, I wanted to compare them because Super Dark Times, like I said, has these dream sequences just kind of thrown in there. To do the job of the surrealness. And to amp up how weird it all is. But. Hounds of Love just is weird. And it's in a very. You know suburban place. And the people doing these abductions. Are normal people like your neighbors. And it has this like. Underneath the familiar. Kind of. Feeling. And it's also kind of surreal. Because it takes place in Australia. During Christmas. And there's the the tree and it's not a very festive movie and they play that that plays well into it being more surreal and there's no dream sequence in the whole movie and it achieves its tone perfectly and still just continues with its own little story so i thought it was done pretty cool wanted to point those two things out and i did want to mention that if you're a fan of the movie brick by ryan johnson I think I got those vibes from Super Dark Times a bit, um, just that super dark <laughs> uh, high school world, the same world for, as Donnie Darko. So, I th- for fans of those movies, you got to check out Super Dark Times. And yeah, that does it for those movies and this show. If you want to send feedback, send it to uh, Movie Reviews Rising at Gmail. And I'll try to respond to that. And uh, yeah. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks. Bye. Oh, and one more P.S. That would be for fans of the movie High Rise by Ben Wheatley. I do want to point out Christine fits in that world. Also for fans of the movie Nightcrawler. We're sensationalizing the news. There's that documentary side, that 70s world-ish that was done very well in High Rise is, is kind of there in Christine, and the violence and sensationalizing the news is there from Nightcrawler. So, you know, fans of those movies, I just want to point out, like, those are in the same family tree, I think. All right. Bye again. Mr. Mojo Rising. You got to keep on rising, rising, rising.